Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker with you. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. It's 9.01. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The Athletic has a new podcast out. Their flagship NFL podcast is hosted by Robert Mays, who joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN, talking a little NFL. Robert, great to have you with us. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Everything's good. Okay, I want to start with this, because your Twitter bio, you refer to yourself as a line play enthusiast. We didn't have any preseason NFL football. We didn't really have a chance for lines, especially those with new offensive lines with new players and coaches to mesh. So what did you think of the first Sunday of line play in the NFL? I thought it was underwhelming. You know, a lot of teams that had some moving pieces, I thought were even in worse shape. You know, the Cowboys having to deal with some right tackle issues, I think showed up a lot in that game. The Eagles losing Lane Johnson a little bit later in the week, I thought showed up a lot in that game. You know, some guys uh, acquitted themselves pretty well. I thought that Tristan Wirfs, the right tackle for the Bucks, actually played quite well in his debut against Cameron Jordan. So you had some individual guys that were better than I expected them to be, and you had some groups that are definitely going to take a little time to gel, which should not be surprising. I think the four groups, the three positions that are going to have the hardest time early are new quarterbacks, new offensive lines, and new secondaries, just because the mental side and all the communication, just how many things you kind of have to get organized in those spots, I think really outnumber every other spot. Robert, we saw the Bears come back and beat the Lions yesterday, 27-23. to How would you evaluate or describe Matt Patricia's tenure with Detroit? Underwhelming. I mean, there are some elements of it that I like. I think going to the type of offense they went to last year by bringing in Daryl Bevel, I thought was really smart. I thought it brought out a version of Matthew Stafford that we hadn't really seen before. You saw some elements of that yesterday. Not having Kenny Galladay, I think, was important when they get him back. Those skill position players are kind of at full speed. I still think that offense can be pretty darn good, and I thought Stafford played well in stretches yesterday. But it's just compounded by so many puzzling decisions. I mean, yesterday, it's not the thing where the Lions can't win games late. I don't think that's a real thing. But I do think every single time it's something different. Yesterday, it's choosing to kick that field goal up 10 with four minutes left rather than trying to punt and have them go down the field and score twice with three or so minutes to go in the game, you know, you're doing the opposite. You're giving them a short field, really letting them back in it. So every time that they, you seem to want to be excited about them, you think, oh, man, the offense could be all right. They get a little bit better on defense. They find a way to just kind of stay in the same place. So I'm intrigued by a lot of the talent they have on that team, but I do think that coaching staff continuously holds them back. And on the other side, Robert, where are you at on Mitchell Trubisky and him ever growing into the player the Bears hoped that he would be? Yesterday, as someone who lives in Chicago and and plays a lot of close attention to the Bears, it's a dangerous thing yesterday. (laughs) It's going to give some people hope in ways that I'm not sure they should have it. 
because for a lot of that game, he looked like Mitchell Trubisky. He looked unsettled. He looked really uncomfortable in the pocket. A lot of happy feet drifting back. He's not somebody that plays with a lot of assertiveness or a lot of confidence. And I think you saw that again. And it's almost where he's better when he's kind of kind of open stuff up when they're in the two-minute row or when they're losing because there's just not as much thinking. I do like some of the play-action stuff the Bears used yesterday. I thought their offense looked a lot more cohesive than it did at times last season. But I'm still a long way away from being sold. I mean, one good quarter is not going to kind of change my tune about the fact that he's not the right guy there. Robert Mays is the host of the Athletic Football Show. He's with us on 101 ESPN. And you had a tweet, and I think it's really salient. Yesterday, Robert, was the ninth three-touchdown pass game for Lamar Jackson in a little over a year and a half. And we're almost to the point now where we're taking Lamar Jackson for granted. He's that good and that consistent. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's it's so quickly the guys that are spectacular become just what we expect. You know, Mahomes last week, he had a couple touchdown throws that were just would be the best throw that some guys make in their entire career. And they don't even kind of make you blink or bat an eye anymore. And Lamar's kind of in that same spot. I mean, just so many really cool off-platform throws and just weird arm angles and amazing ball placement. I mean, the guy is so good and so exciting that we almost become numb to it a season into it. And I don't want to do that. I, that was almost me checking myself with that tweet, being like, I got to go back and watch this and really make sure that I'm not taking this guy for granted. But it's hard not to. You know, he's... His level of play has just been so excellent so consistently that I think that you just really kind of glaze over. It's like, all right, well, you know, the Ravens won by 25 again, but that just shouldn't happen. We should really try to be more appreciative of guys like that, and I know that probably starts with me. Should John Harbaugh and Greg Roman change their approach with him? I know that because he's a great thrower, uh, we think that, okay, he can do this. But should he as his career unfolds and maybe even as the year unfolds run the ball less? I think that you'd probably like to see that, but it's not even running the ball less. Obviously, the numbers are such that you know, he's in a different category, but with some of these other guys, even when you watch Kyler Murray run the ball, which he did a lot yesterday, or the times in Russell Wilson's career where he was running the ball a lot, they did such a good job of protecting themselves. You know, there weren't a lot of head dives you know, into three different people. There were a lot of slides, a lot of ducking out of bounds, and Lamar is kind of back and forth on that. He had one play yesterday where he tried to dive into the end zone, and that's the type of stuff I would just like to see less. So I don't even know it's a matter of the volume of running. I think it's just the way that he finishes runs and the mindset he brings into some of those runs. I don't want to see it change too drastically because it's a huge part of their game plan. I think it makes both him and their offense great. But I would like to see them kind of tweak those dials a tiny bit to maybe tope down his aggressiveness. Maybe all he needs to do is in, in the quarterback room ask RG3 about it. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good comparison. I mean, just because RG3 early in his career, that's what always worried me. When he'd fall or when he'd go down, it would just kind of be awkward. He didn't know how to really do it safely. And you look at Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, I don't think it's an accident both of them are baseball players, but they are so good at just protecting themselves and really being in control. That's the most important thing to me. When the play is ending, are you on balance? Do you have your feet under you? Things like that. And it, does, it seems like Omar does a pretty good job of that. He doesn't take a lot of just clean shots. I mean, that's one of the reasons that he's been able to sustain this type of play, but it is a little bit further in that direction than I'd want to see from somebody who's as valuable as he is. 
Robert, I want to ask you a similar question about the Patriots and Cam Newton. We saw him come out look great yesterday. He ran the ball 15 times. We know that Belichick and McDaniels, uh, they'll alter the game plan depending on who they're playing week to week. But do you think they might change their approach and try to run Cam less moving forward? I, I don't know. It seems like they're pretty committed to this, and that's not surprising. I mean, we saw what happened when Jacoby Brissett was their quarterback for a week a couple of years ago during the Deflategate scandal and after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, and they did this kind of stuff. I mean, the touchdown that Brissett scored at that night against the Texans on Thursday night is the same play that Cam scored on yesterday, that little boot action to the right. It feels like they want this element of their game plan. When they can use it, they want to. So I'm not expecting them to look a ton different than they look like, than what they look like yesterday. Maybe we don't see 15 runs. Now, maybe they're, because they were in the red zone a decent amount yesterday, I think they really want to lean on him in that area of the field. You know, if they can get a couple more explosive plays, if they're not driving as slowly and they don't have to kind of, you know, nudge the ball into the end zone, maybe we see it from him a little bit less. But it really does seem like their approach, especially early in the season, is going to be ground-heavy, play action, and a lot of Cam Newton. And when you consider the personnel offensively for that team, that approach isn't surprising. It's actually probably what they should be doing. Robert Mays from The Athletic. One last thing from me. What should we take away from the Packers' win and putting up 43 in Minnesota? I think that we should take away there. Rodgers has still got it, which is terrifying. You know, they did such a good job offensively yesterday. And you know, the throws, that, the spectacular throws, the kind of get-out-of-your-seat throws, those are to be expected. He can always still do those. And the, the touchdown to Adams on the run, that laser beam that he threw was ridiculous. The deep one to Marquez, Valdez scaling was beautiful. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is arguably the most physically talented quarterback in the history of football before Patrick Mahomes came along. So him being able to do that stuff is not shocking to me. But I was really impressed at how many easy throws they got. And they had a little flip pass to Alan Lazard coming in motion. They had a lot of underneath crossing stuff to Devontae Adams, quick game stuff. So if they can combine this spectacular kind of awe-inspiring Aaron Rodgers throws that we've always come to expect with some layups that weren't really a part of their offense last year, I think they could be really potent. I didn't know how they would get yards after catch easy plays with the receiving core that they have. But the fact that they got them yesterday against the Vikings defense that, while young, still has a lot of talent, I think is an encouraging sign. Last one, Robert. Uh, So far from what you've seen in the week one slate, most surprising team and most disappointing team? I think the most surprising team, oh, that's tough. I I was surprised by so much yesterday. Um, I think that, you know, I don't really know. That's a good question. I think the most disappointing team to me was probably Tampa Bay, just because I expected them to maybe come out really being able to light it up with Brady and those weapons, but that just didn't happen. I think they're going to have some growing pains. I probably was a a little bit more excited about them than I should have been in the sense that it's going to take a little while. It's such a different schematic situation for him that that's kind of probably going to take a little while to come on. I would say the most surprising team to me offensively was probably Jacksonville. You know, they came out, and the way that the uh, Colts play defense, it's a lot of zone coverage. They really want to force you to play mistake-free football. You know, it's not dissimilar to what the Seahawks did with Pete Carroll for a long time, where it's like, all right, we're going to keep things in front of us. You're not going to be able to make a mistake. And Minshew didn't. You know, he was 19 of 20, but he was always making the right throws, and it was conservative game plan. But if you're going to take what's there consistently and reliably, you can win football games, and that's exactly what they did. I think him and Jay Gruden is an underrated quarterback-play-caller kind of partnership, just in the sense of how smart they both are and how 
really able they are to kind of take what's there and play football between the ears. I don't think that defense is very good. I think they're going to struggle for a good portion of this season. But I do think the offense could be interesting with some of those young weapons and a quarterback play caller duo that I think is a little bit underrated. And how about the, the Colts now 1-11 and in their last 12 openers? It's, I mean, they, Phillip Rivers is finding ways to lose, which is so upsetting. When you look at that game, he was good. You know, he mm-hmm. completed like 70% of his passes. He averaged about eight yards per attempt. You know, they come away from three red zone drives with only three points when they missed a field goal and then they went for it on fourth down and they didn't get it. You know, T.Y. Hilton has a drop on the sideline. I think that team is good. I think they'll be okay, but really tough way to start the season for Phillip Rivers when you consider how many late game interceptions he threw last year. And Robert, people can check out your athletic football show by going to everywhere they find podcasts, but I want to ask how everything went on the first Sunday show for the NFL that you had. It was great. It was great. I, I do the Sunday show with Nate Tice, who's been my friends for years. Been my friend for years. You know, we talk about football all the time. He played college football at Wisconsin, and he was in the league as both a personnel assistant and a coaching assistant for a while. So his football knowledge is incredible. And I think the only real drawback was just that I'm not in football watching shape. I had five games going on at the same time <laughs> yesterday, and I was just completely overwhelmed. I felt like I was watching nothing, but. Hopefully, like the Bucks, by week four, I'll be settled in. There you go. Hey, great to have you with us. Hopefully, we can do this again as the season unfolds. Anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you, Robert. Robert Mays from The Athletic and The Athletic Football Show on 101 ESPN. I felt the same way watching games yesterday, trying to bounce back and forth. You had the Cardinals game going mm-hmm. NFL. It's just so we had nothing for so long. Now it's overwhelming when all the sports are happening at once. And we should tell people, if you aren't aware of it, Coach Venturi is now the radio analyst for Indianapolis Colts games. So if you have a chance to listen to Colts broadcasts, Coach was great all over it yesterday, very honest as always, yes. and did a great job. And uh he he texted me over the weekend and said, a 74-year-old rookie, but he, he sounded fantastic. <laughs> of course he did. Gosh, RV, I miss Coach so much. He's the best. I can't wait to listen to him in action. It'll be great. Coming up, today's big thing, the Cardinals opening a three-doubleheader series in Milwaukee, a two-doubleheader series in a three-doubleheader week, and Albert Pujols finally caught up with Willie Mays yesterday. That's next on 101 ESPN. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.